Welcome to This Week in Tech with Gene Destro. Now is your chance to get caught up in all that's happening in technology around Akron and the rest of the world. Now here's your host, Gene Destro. This week, why the games industry is hot and why it's a great place to look for work even during a pandemic. Also, changes ahead as auto plants reopen and UV light in the fight against COVID-19. All this and more coming up. With everybody stuck at home for the past six weeks or more, there's one bright spot in what's become an incredibly gloomy economic landscape, the video game industry. CBS's Steve Futterman has more. It's seen the most robust sales since 2008. One estimate says sales of equipment and accessories in March alone were up 35% from the previous year. Nintendo has been leading the way. Nintendo's new console, Switch, has become a hard-to-find item. Much of this, of course, due to people stuck at home trying to find something entertaining to do to occupy their time. Steve Futterman, CBS News. For more insight into what's going on inside the games industry, we talked to Serena Robar, who's the CEO of Seattle-based Based game developer author digital and she tells us there's one segment of the industry that's particularly hot right now and esports has gained in such amazing popularity people who are not familiar with that space have no idea there are stadiums being built all over the world for esports specific so it's an exciting time in the games industry for sure in general in addition robar tells us that while other employers are laying people off they're actually hiring because they just acquired a new company called adept games. So we are hiring for all roles. Uh, We have producers and artists and engineers and designers. So uh, sort of all of the elements and the disciplines in game design. And we're hiring up and we're doing all of our meetings online because we can't meet in person. So it's been a very interesting thing. What kind of management challenges does that present? And what are you doing differently, if anything? There are unique challenges to that. Working remotely for companies is not new. There have been companies that uh, develop software or Uh, games that have been doing this for years. Uh, It wasn't something we planned to do, but it was sort of thrust upon us in these interesting times. What I have found in particular is we started uh, Auto Digital with a core group of people that all knew each other very well, had worked together in the past, so there was a trust there. And now we've doubled our size in a month or so, in a very short amount of time, and we're introducing new people to the mix. And I found the most important thing to understand is that We aren't just working from home. We're working in a pandemic time and being forced to work from home. So I let everybody know that, hey, your kids are at home with you. These things are going to interrupt your life. And to let people know when they start a new job, you're so concerned and you want to do such a good job. But it's okay. It's okay that you're not going to be as productive. It's okay that you're sad and you're mourning a change in your life that you might not have expected to do. And it's just an awful lot of I want to say momming, but kind of that it's going to be okay nurturing side of it and really encouraging people to talk as much as possible, get on video chat, kind of have that connection that you uh, don't have because you don't have those water cooler conversations happening. I see. And you're finding that, that doing that is actually helping them 
feel more calm and eventually more productive? Absolutely. I think when you allow somebody and let them know and empathize with their situation, that they can be more trusting and be like, oh, I'm going to be okay with you. You're going to understand that I have to step away because my kid's having a meltdown about something and and you have to leave the meeting for a second and and deal with your family and be like, no, one of our core pillars is family first. We're very much about work-life balance. And I know that anybody working for me that has to leave in the middle of the day to go deal with a family situation is probably going to log in later that night when everyone's gone to sleep and make up that time. And that's fine. I mean, we're not in an office. Working from home does not mean you work nine to five, and that's just the way it is, like you're going in an office. It's, there's work to be done, and when you can do it, it's the best time for you. And that's, that's a whole different mindset. So I noticed in one of the articles that's posted on your website, you talked about being a woman working in a pretty male-dominated field and that that presents some special challenges. Uh, I wonder if you could elaborate on that and then circle it back around to what you were just talking about with regard to showing empathy and understanding about work-life balance and such. Certainly. So I've been in the games industry for uh, 20 years, and uh, there's not a ton of women in it in general. I believe the industry standard is less than 20% women. Uh, My studio is 30% women, which is probably if not the highest, one of the highest ratio of women to men in the industry in general. I think women, uh, if you're underrepresented, just like any other minority group, you you want to work with people who understand you uh, and respect you. Um, Because there aren't as many women, uh, you tend to get much more of a male mindset or sort of a, you see things through the filter of the male filter, which is a terrible thing, but I think that you make better games and you make better creative content when you have more diverse people on uh, the team because then you're seeing the filter from all the different ways and you just have a wider audience uh, when your games are built that way. So for me, because I bring to the table, I'm also a mom, uh, I also bring to uh, those negotiation skills and that sort of I'm always looking to facilitate conversations. Uh, there's no ego involved if, if you're, in my opinion, uh, for women in the games industry, it's not a, it can't be about ego at all. Uh, So it's always about just what's the right decision for the studio, what's the right decision for the game, and how can we all come together. And I think that that sort of skill set, particularly in the middle of a pandemic where people are skittish and scared and they can't talk about being scared, is really important skill sets that I'm finding have really helped keep people calm and and, and keep people feeling understood. And my job as the captain of the ship is is to make people feel confident that we're going to be okay and we're going to get through this. To find out more about Author Digital and the jobs they have open right now, go to AuthorDigital.com. And more traditional technology-driven companies are also changing the way they operate. Jeff Gilbert has more on what's new in the auto industry. GM's manufacturing chief, Gerald Johnson, says their plants in Asia have successfully reopened. We've learned a lot since we've been down about COVID-19 virus, how it's transferred, what the risks are and what the protocols are that work. So you'll see temperature checks, distancing, sanitizing, and masks. Everyone is required to wear a mask now in General Motors facilities. The mask allows you and I to keep our germs to ourselves. Auto plants here in the U.S. will reopen slowly and most likely will produce fewer vehicles at first as they work to stress the safety of those on the line. With the Car Chronicles, I'm Jeff Gilbert, CBS News.
President Trump got a lot of blowback recently when he suggested that disinfectants that are used on hard surfaces like Lysol or Clorox, things like that, might kill the coronavirus inside the human body because, well, while of course it could indeed do that, it would also kill the person. But that other suggestion he made about using UV light? It is actually something that's being researched right now out in Los Angeles at Cedars-Sinai Medical Center. USA Today reports the researchers are looking into inserting an LED lighting medical device down the trachea of COVID-19 patients on ventilators in order to bring controlled UV light directly into the patient. Of course, that too has its dangers, as UV light can be very harmful. So doing it safely would be the big challenge, and so far, Cedars-Sinai officials haven't released any official findings on what they're doing, saying they're in the preclinical stages of their research right now. But that doesn't mean UV light, which can kill harmful viruses, is actually out of the question for COVID-19-related applications. CBS's Jim Shenevy tells us why. China and South Korea are currently using UV light to clean buses and trains, but conventional germicidal UV kills microbes and can also penetrate the skin, raising the risk of skin cancer and cataracts. Dr. David Brenner, director of Columbia University's Center for Radiological Research in New York, says the answer is a special type of UV light called FAR UVC. It kills microbes too, but it's not dangerous. He's been researching its use in killing airborne viruses since before COVID-19. In a 2018 study published in Scientific Reports, Brenner proved that far UVC can kill more than 95% of viruses like the coronavirus. The problem, far UVC lamps have not yet been approved by the FDA. And that's for your information. I'm Jim Shenevy, CBS News. And that's it for now. Thanks for listening. Stay happy and healthy, and I'll see you again next week. That was This Week in Tech with Gene Destro. Tune in next week for more tech news on 93.5-1590-WAKR and WAKR.net. <laughs>